0: Greetings friends, welcome back to the broadcast, I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com, that's where you go to find the archives and that's where you go to support this mission of truth. Today we are looking to start our week with some wisdom and some encouragement. We're ready for Psalm 2 today, Proverbs 8, and then we are working through also the book of wisdom found in the Apocrypha. And I go into detail about that uh, in the previous week's episode. Uh, I don't want to continue to repeat all that information, but I'll just briefly repeat it this time. The Book of Wisdom is from the Apocrypha, which was in your King James Bible for the first 200 years or so. And uh, so we're going to be ready for chapter 2 today of that but what I really want to focus on right now is Psalm 2, which is by far one of my favorite psalms. It's only 12 verses, but it's very encouraging, and it just has a mountain of truth in these 12 verses. And it really it really addresses what we're up against today, and in the very world we're living in today. Because there's nothing new under the sun, but I think it's just been made more obvious to our generation. Let's have a look. Psalm 2, I'm going to read it, and then we'll kind of go back through and we'll do a little bit of commentary. Let's begin. King James Bible. Verse 1. Why do the heathen rage, and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder, let us cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them. In his sore displeasure. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I would declare the decree. The Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance. And the innermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. I shall dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O you kings, be instructed, you judges of the earth, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the sun, lest he be angry and ye perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are they that put their trust in him. All right, let's have a look we have a we have we have so much truth in here uh that just truth that goes back long long before Messiah came to earth as a as a man, and yet the scriptures declare it and yet it still there are those who are blinded and can't see it. Let's start with the most obvious uh, things jumping out these first two verses. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord, against Jehovah and against his anointed. I mean, we see this loud and clear today, don't we? I mean, the governments of the world, right? They constantly conspire to do evil and to do everything that is contrary to God's way, and they're constantly coming together, taking counsel together to see how they can oppress God's people. how they can take counsel they take counsel against jehovah and his anointed which i think we could argue is talking about his messiah his son but also his people because the people of god are the ones who are constantly in opposition to the sick evil control that they're trying to push upon the population of the earth we're the ones who say that's evil that's mental illness. Right? That's disgusting. That's filthy. No, we're not going to let you poison us with your sorcery. No, we're not going to let you indoctrinate our children with your nonsense. We're the ones pointing out, hey, they're poisonous from the sky. They're poisonous from the ground. They're poisoning the food supply. They're deceiving us with pharmacia. So... We're the thing that keeps them from being able to have what they desire more than anything, which is ultimate control, death, and destruction. And why do they want that? Because their heart is the heart of their master. And who is their master? Let me read this commentary from you from Matthew Henry. He says, We have here a very great struggle about the kingdom of christ hell and heaven contesting it the seed of the war is earth where satan has long had an un uh, has long had a usurped kingdom and exercised dominion to such a degree that he has been called the prince of the power of the very air we breathe and the god of the world we live in he knows very well that as the messiah's kingdom rises and gets ground His falls and loses ground. And therefore, though it will be set up certainly, it shall not be set up tamely. Beautiful way to put it. Now, this is the part that I love. So we have that truth. We know what we're up against. But for God, it's nothing. Verse 4 says, He sitteth in the heavens... He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. To God it's a joke. These people who think they're actually in control. He laughs to himself at at its ridiculousness. Says the Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath. And vex them in his sore displeasure. Verse 6, Yet I have set up my king, my holy hill of Zion, I declare the decree the Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. That should sound like a familiar verse to you, if you remember, when Messiah is being baptized, they hear, they hear a voice from heaven, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased they also hear it at the transfiguration? Verse 8. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thy inheritance. He's talking to his son. And the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like the potter's vessel. Now be wise, therefore... O you kings, be instructed; you judges of the earth, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. I love it when people try to act like when the Bible talks about the fear of the Lord that it's that it's just some form of reverence, like you would have for your like earthly father. No, I will argue this till the end of the world. The fear of the Lord is exactly what it says. The fear of the Lord. What did our Messiah say? What did Jesus say? Don't fear the one who can destroy the body, but fear the one who can destroy both the body and soul in hell. The Apostle Paul says, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It's a serious matter a frightful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Take that at face value because that's what it means. Kiss the son lest he be angry and you perish in the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are they that put their trust in him. Let's move on. Let's get some wisdom to start our week. Although we just received a mountain full. Let's get a little bit more. Proverbs chapter 8. Let's see what it has to say. Verse 1. This is part 2. Praising wisdom itself. Doth not wisdom cry? And understanding put forth her voice. She standeth on the top of high places, by the way and the places of the paths. She crieth at the gates, at the entry of the city, at the coming in at the doors. Unto you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. O ye simple, understand wisdom, and ye fools, be an understanding heart. Hear, for I will speak of excellent things, and the opening of my lips shall be right things. For my mouth shall speak truth, and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness, there is nothing froward or perverse in them. They are all plain to him that understandeth, and right to them that findeth knowledge. Receive my instructions and not silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride. And arrogancy. The evil way. The forward mouth. Do I hate. Please note. Did you know. Because the world seems to have forgotten it. And the church seems to have forgotten it. That God hates some things. He hates things. He literally has. A whole. Chapter. Dedicated to the things he hates. Lying tongues. Those who sow discord with the brethren, amongst the brethren. Those who bear false witness. There are things that are an abomination to God. And one of the things, so the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. How many Christians, if they're honest, how many of us, if we're honest, if we take a long look in the mirror and we're really, really honest with ourselves... Is there evil things that we delight in rather than hate? Because if there is, that's a dangerous place to be. Because it's opposition to God. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. And then he lists some things. Pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the forward mouth, perverse mouth. I do hate. Do I hate, rather. Verse 14. Counsel is mine and the sound of wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. By me kings reign and princes decree justice. By me princes rule and nobles and even all the judges of the earth. I love them that love me and those that seek me early shall find me. Riches and honor are with me, yea, durable riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, yea, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. Please note just one thing I want to say. One thing that I have observed that is a truth that's being spoken here is that my best thinking... And the reason why, even though it's super inconvenient and uh, causes me to be sometimes miserable at the end of the day, I always do this work here that that we're listening to right now, early, first thing in the morning, right? I get up, it's dark outside, I come into my office, this is how I start the day. Because I know that my best mind, not always, but most of the time, works, fires, (laughs) is best early in the morning. Here, the scripture is saying two things. Number one, it's from the perspective of wisdom. If you seek wisdom early, you'll find it but it's also speaking about God seek God early and you'll find it it's important to start your day right which is why we've done the the wisdom and encouragement for probably almost 10 years i mean all the way going all the way back to the beginning i don't know how many times we've covered these same proverbs and psalms but it's because we need to start our week the same way we need to start each morning and that is with The wisdom and truths of God. And that helps prepare you for the day. Because what lies and waits for you this afternoon. Is temptation. And the worldly struggle that we all have to deal with. And the attacks of the enemy. I love them that love me. And those that seek me early shall find me. Let's continue on. My fruit is better than gold, yea, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. I lead the way of righteousness, and in the midst of the paths of judgment, that I might cause those that love me to inherit substance, and I will fill their treasures. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way, before his works of old. I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning, or ever the earth was. When there was no depths, I was brought forth, when there was no fountains abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills was I brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest parts of the dust of the world, when he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the depth, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he gave to the sea his decree that the water should not pass his commandment, when he appointed the fountains of the earth. Then I was by him, as one brought up with him, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the habitable part of his earth. And my delights were with the sons of men. Now therefore... Hearken unto me, O ye children, for blessed are they that keep my ways. Hear instruction, and be wise, and refuse it not. Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my doors. For whoso findeth me findeth life, and shall obtain favor of the Lord. But he that sinneth against me sinneth, Wrongeth his own soul. And they that hate me love death. So there's some words of wisdom from wisdom herself. Wisdom says, if you hate me, you love death. Well, the whole world is ruled by those who love death, they love it. They're sick. They're just like their father. We're going to look at chapter two from this book called Wisdom from the Apocrypha. The interesting thing about this chapter is it's written from the perspective of the ungodly. Let me say that again because I want you to understand what's being said here. This is the perspective of the ungodly, okay? So it's being written from the ungodly's perspective. When you, as long, when, as, long as you understand that, this will make this will all make sense. So let's give it a read, shall we? Open up your hearts. Let's see what it has to say. Verse 1, for the ungodly said, reasoning with themselves, but not aright, our life is short and tedious, and in death of man there is no remedy, neither was there any man known to have returned from the grave. For we are born at all adventure, and we shall be hereafter as though we had never been, For the breath in our nostrils is a smoke And a little spark in the moving of our heart Which being extinguished Our body shall be turned into ashes And our spirit shall vanish as soft air And our name shall be forgotten in time And no man shall have our works in remembrance And our life shall pass away as the trace of a cloud And shall be dispersed as a mist That is driven away with the beams of the sun and overcome with heat thereafter. For our time is a very shadow that passes away, and after our end there is no returning. For it is fast sealed, so that no man cometh again. So please note before we move forward, the ungodly are making a truth statement in that our life is like a vapor, right? We're here today, gone tomorrow. So the ungodly is acknowledging that reality, that we don't live forever, um, but it's their response. You know, our response is to spread the kingdom of God and to worship him and to, you know, do the best we can with our lives, goodwill towards men, right? The ungodly look at it a different way. The ungodly look at it like this. Since time is short, we should just indulge every pleasure that we can. And who cares who it hurts. right? And you know people who do not serve God. This is how they behave. Use whoever they have to use. Step on whoever they have to step on. Because it's about getting the most out of this life. Because unlike the person who fears God, they have nothing to... They don't look forward to eternity like we do. We're like, yeah, we're suffering in this world. Yeah, things aren't great here, but I'm going to literally spend eternity one million times 1 million times 1 million forever years living in complete joy and satisfaction. They look at it like all I got's a few years here. I'm going to get what I can get. So let's continue on with this perspective from the ungodly. So they acknowledge all that. Here's what they say. Come on, therefore, let us rejoice the good things that are present and let us speedily use the creatures like as in youth. Let us fill ourselves with costly wine and ointments and let no flower of the spring pass by us. Let us crown ourselves with rosebuds before they are withered. Let none of us go without his part of voluptuousness. Let us leave tokens of our joyfulness in every place. For this is our portion, and our lot is this. Let us oppress, listen, let us oppress the poor righteous man. Let us not spare the widow, nor reverence the ancient gray hairs of the aged Did you catch that? They're like, we got to do whatever we got to do. We'll oppress the righteous. We we won't spare the widow. We're not going to show any reverence to the elderly. Verse 11. Let our strength be the law of justice. For that which is feeble is found to be nothing worth. Therefore, let us lie in wait for the righteous. Because he is not for our turn. And he is clean contrary to our doings. He abradeth us with our offending the law; he objecteth to our infamy, our infamy, the transgressing of our education. Notice what they're pointing out. We just had this conversation at the beginning of the podcast. They hate the righteous man. Why? Because he's he's contrary to them. He's constantly in in opposition to what they want to accomplish. Verse thirteen, continuing this conversation about the righteous. He professes to have the knowledge of God, and he calleth himself the child of the Lord. He was made to reprove our thoughts. He is grievous unto us to behold, for his life is not like other men's. His ways are of another fashion. Hmm. isn't this hitting home? What are the odds that this is what the conversation what are the odds that this would line up so perfectly? with the psalm that we are ready for today. We just talked about this. Verse 16. We are esteemed of him as counterfeits. He abstaineth from our ways as from filthiness. He permanences the end to the just to be blessed and maketh his boast that God is his father. See, they're so upset. Ah, oh, the righteous man, he's in opposition to us. He thinks he's a child of God. He thinks our ways are filthy. Verse 17 Let us see if his words be true, and let us prove what shall happen in the end of him. For if the just man be the Son of God, he will help him and deliver him from the hand of his enemies. Let us examine him with despitefulness and torture, that we may know his meekness and prove his patience. Let us condemn him with a shameful death for by his own saying he shall be respected. Such things they did imagine, talking about the ungodly, and were deceived, for their own wickedness have blinded them. As for the mysteries of God, they knew them not, neither hoped they for the wages of righteousness, nor discerned a reward for the blameless souls. For God created man to be immortal, and made him to be an image of his own eternity. Nevertheless, though envy of the devil came death into the world, and they that do hold his side do find it. My friends, I hope your hearts were open this morning because so much wisdom and truth was just. Poured out upon us like a flood. This. That we just read this morning. Psalm 2. Proverbs 8. Wisdom 2. Fully encapsulates how the world works. You have the righteous and you have the ungodly. You have the righteous bringing forth the kingdom of God. And you have those who serve the dark one, the evil one, the ancient serpent, who are desperate to rid themselves of our annoyance, of our opposition to their evil. I pray you've been blessed this morning. Thank you for praying for me and the podcast. I just ask that you would continue to do so. And those of you who support the podcast, you make it possible. Thank you so much for your generosity and kindness. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.